Welcome, sports fans, to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JTandTheDon at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don, Donato Bucci. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to leave us a five-star review. Thank you to Nicole Thompson for the great introduction, as always, and to our guy, Mike Regina. For the wonderful intro music to pump us up and to get us going. So with that, let me welcome in everyone's favorite JT, Jimmy Thompson. How are you feeling today? What's going on? I feel like we can't have too many, you know, so much time wasted on the pre-show because you already threatened me through text and before the show that you want to get this done quickly. So why don't you say we just get started? I don't want to hear you complaining about anything. Hey, the production meeting went smooth. We're ready to roll. So don't put any of your fluff in like normal. And we, and we should be good. The, the listeners will appreciate it and get them on to their to their wonderful day. All You're right. right. I could take a night off. I get tired of carrying you. So let's go. Wow. See, that's fluff. You interjected when you didn't need to. I was ready to start. All right. So, JT, uh, this past Thursday... Diana Rossini said during an interview on the Rich Eisen show that Aaron Rodgers will make a decision on his future. And I quote here within the next week or so. So with that, JT. Should Aaron Rodgers stay in Green Bay or should he want to leave? He should leave. And I feel bad because he is the Green Bay Packers. It's basically like him and Brett Favre when you think about Packers like in our lifetime. But I feel like we talked about this. The Packers being in Lambeau, I think, is kind of holding him back. And I think some of it is the environment and coaching, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But, yeah, he should leave them for, one, a warm weather dome team where he doesn't have to worry about playing in frozen tundra in the playoff game because that obviously hasn't worked out for him. And I think he needs to go to a team that, can just run the ball whenever they need to so they can take the pressure off of him in big game situations. I, I totally disagree. So what destination would that be? Because green Bay is not going to, Oh yeah. (laughs) So green there. Yeah. So green Bay is really going to trade them within the conference. Highly doubt that. So that means there's only the AFC remaining JT. He does not want to have to go to the Denver Broncos, by the way, it's not warm there. But more importantly, you don't want to go to the AFC because they're all young gunslingers right now, including, you know, let's go through it. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen lead the way. Do we really have to go through this? Yes, we know who the yes, AFC is. Justin Herbert, are. Lamar so Jackson. Talk, so you just want to talk about Justin Herbert. But, but I need to prove the point that how's he going to leave? Why would he leave? Green Bay, the easiest routes through the NFC. I'll tell you one thing. You know how much of a McVay fan I am of in the L.A. Rams? They're not repeating. I'm telling you this right now. In February, they are not repeating, JT. They're just There's no way the Rams can repeat. So what does that mean? That means 
Tampa's out with Tom Brady. He has the easiest road through the NFC. That division is still weak. No, you know, no disrespect to any of those teams. Oh, we're going to talk about that too. <laughs> but <laughs> there's no path, no team in the NFC North that's going to give him a tough time. He has the O-line there. He has Aaron Jones. Devontae Adams is staying whether he likes it or not. And the home field advantage. They haven't played well, but it hasn't been because of the weather. It's because they just have not matched their competition in you the 49ers and the, been a and the Buccaneers. Both in that situation because they just played a playoff game in Lambeau and the weather was shit. And also, too, they didn't play well. So, I mean, can you imagine if that game was in, let's say, in a dome against the 49ers? Like, I think they have a better shot because, I mean, that do they? I don't yeah, know. They about do because that. it's a running team in the cold weather game. Like, it suits For, the 49ers but, more. But 49ers, but you're acting like Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers have never played in that weather before. They have, so, but they also haven't. He hasn't really won in that weather lately either. It's and all again, home, maybe, it's maybe it's because they haven't played well. That's all. So, JT, you mentioned, you kind of alluded to this, but, you know, where do you think he ultimately ends up? Oh, I think it's going to be with the Packers just because, one – I think this is all about money. He's going to get exactly what he wants. I think he wants what, like, like 50 million probably. So he's going to get whatever he wants from green Bay. Like he normally does. And he's just holding us hostage with all these cryptic tweets and uh, posts and, you know, the, the regular offseason bullshit he pulls. And I also kind of agree with you're saying maybe the easiest path is there, but I mean, with an easy path also comes high expectations, but yeah, I think he'll return to green Bay. Yeah, he, he will return to Green Bay. He already gave the front office credit in terms of roster structure over the past year or so. So I think he's starting to soften up to the, that front office. I think he's starting to build a rapport with Matt LaFleur. And the pieces are there, JT. Like, he doesn't need to step into Denver and teach the young receivers. He doesn't need to go to, to San Francisco and wonder how he's going to mesh with certain guys. Like, everything is there for him. He's going to end up there. Green Bay's opening up cap room each day. They're creating more millions. That's to, to, to get a contract in place for him and maybe Devontae Adams. So, Good question. How Do you think there's a small part of him wanting to return to Green Bay is to just sabotage the development of Jordan Love? Because it's like, if he comes back, like, what do you do with Jordan Love? Like, like it's, we already thought it was a wasted pick, but Rodgers coming back and being here this long all but guarantees that that was a big mistake. That's true. At the time, Green Bay thought it was the right move, and, and that's what you have to do. When you think it's the right move, you make it. And listen, but that's the beauty of it, JT, if you're the Packers. They're in a win-win situation. If Jordan Love turned out over the past couple of years to be this Patrick Mahomes type guy, they were set, right? And if they didn't, guess what? They had Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. So it was a win-win. And you could say, well, they could have used it on someone that Aaron Rodgers could have used. Sure. But that guy could have been a bust as well. So, I mean, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but you know, you can't throw bad money after bad money. So if signing Aaron Rodgers long-term is the best move, you go ahead and do it. All right. So, JT, one last thing here on the Green Bay Packers, and I know you wanted to talk about this. Has Aaron Rodgers being 
too careful, and I believe you've meant in the big-time games, in the playoff games, him being too careful, has that limited the Packers' overall upside in the success or the lack of success they have had in the playoffs? So it's actually funny we're talking about this because I posted about this, and this got everyone so fired up. I didn't really think people would care this much about it. So basically, um, there's a longtime Packers writer. I'm going to make sure I get his name right. Bob McGinn. Bob, thank you for for providing us this content. So basically what he was saying is kind of what you were saying, like Aaron Rodgers' unwillingness to put the ball in, you know, risky situations, you know, tight window throws uh, in fear of interceptions has capped the Packers upside, especially in like the playoff game. So I kind of agree with that because you look at, we say, how many times we watch the Packers game? We're either on the phone talking or we're texting each other and we're like, damn, like all he does is throw it to, to Devontae Adams and like why can't people just, you know, triple team him and make Aaron Rodgers do something else? And for the longest time, people weren't doing that. You saw Baltimore do it and you start seeing people do it more and more. And I, that's what happened in the playoff game against the 49ers. Devontae tore him up first, first quarter. After that, what happened? Nothing. And I feel like because he didn't want to go to anybody else other than Devontae, that's what this guy is talking about. Like in the playoffs, like especially in the playoffs, interceptions are the cost of doing business. Like you have to be aggressive and you have to, you know, risk it in order to, you know, have high upside. And I feel like him not wanting to throw interceptions because I feel like that's what wins you MVPs is the stats. I think that does hold them back sometimes because sometimes you need a Brett Favre to just, cut loose gunslinger you know we live we ride together we die together bad boys for life like you need that sometimes for your quarterback and he is refusing to do it if it's not Devontae Adams so that but, does I think limit what they can do if people take Devontae out of the game but that is no different than what he does in the regular season right and if that yeah, is, but you always that, say playoff playoff ball is different right but the thing is, you also got to dance with who who brought you to the dance, right? That's Devontae Adams, and that's playing. I mean, yeah, absolutely. It, and, and that's the way Aaron Rodgers has played. Now, if you want to go back throughout a lot of the playoffs, well, a lot of the times, they just didn't have the better team. And you look at the Tampa game, I feel like you're talking more about the Tampa NFC title game and this past year in the divisional against the 49ers. Let's face it, that Tampa team, JT, was the better team. I mean, cold, snow, ice, perfect conditions, didn't matter. Tom Brady and Tampa were the better team. And but did I agree with you in that scenario, but I mean, the Packers still could have won that game. What's the one thing everyone always talks about from that game? And I remember watching it, I saw it, he didn't want to run it. It's right. like he is so risk averse and like this writer is not the first person I've heard to say this. Like it's kind of been like echoed in the background. I've, I've heard it every now and then the past like three or four years. It's like he doesn't want to throw interceptions because I, because I think he, he knows his path to being amongst the greats is not championships. It's awards. Like that's his only argument to be at the table. So how do you get more awards? Put up good stats. Less interceptions you throw, more touchdowns you throw, you're more likely going to win those awards. I highly doubt in that NFC title game at the goal line, the he thing didn't want to run in and get clocked by Devin no, White. Yeah, thi- I, I'm pretty no, sure that crossed. I him. highly doubt in his mind he was thinking, well, I don't want to fumble or get hurt or throw an interception Bro, here. You are a because- football coach. You are a football coach. So you see people get hit every day. Like, but, but you're you saying, know, you're you saying, know, there's a business decision being made. It's like, all right, do I? 
put it all on the line to try to go or like let one of the best linebackers get a free shot at me. But you almost made it sound like he's scared to do this because it's about awards. And, and what my point was, he didn't let me finish, was I highly doubt in that moment going through his mind is, well, I don't want inter- to throw an interception because I may not look like one of the greatest of all time. So let me just play it safe and I'll go collect my MVP award again. Well, no, like I, that's not but, going through his but, mind. But oh, what I'm yes, sa- it is. So, because so, he, knows, he knows his path to the conversation of being included amongst the greats will never be championships because he's not the clock is, is running out he's but he has more JT, opportunities to win winning, awards than championships like, but that's not course. the point winning two or three at that point if he wins that super bowl last year and comes back now and has three he's up there brady well, all, all right win, but it didn't happen like it's it's a but, problem like it's but, not going but that's happen. my that's my whole point his thinking is not that well oh i'm so never you know, gonna so have so enough let me ask you a question. let me ask you a question let's let's just break it down Let, to this. let's do it no, this no, way. On. Let, no, I, i'm gonna ask you a question do you think do you think yes or no that he's risk averse? I think the way he plays, he's just really good and he doesn't need to put himself in those positions. My what I was going to say was, you know what? At the end of the day, JT, for how great he is, maybe this is why we don't put him up there with Joe Montana and Tom Brady. Because when the game is on the line in big, big games, we're not talking about fourth quarter of week 15. We're talking about season on the line against a great defense like Tampa, against a great defense like the 49ers, not being able to make that one play you need. Maybe that's why we're not putting him in the conversation with Tom Brady and Joe Montana. Can okay, we just cool. ad- so, can we just admit that has nothing to do with telling you has I don't nothing think he's to do with conversation, but has nothing to do with whether he's risk averse or not. Maybe I he's just not making that play. I think it does. I think if he, if he was a little bit more aggressive at times, you know, some of those games might have gone the other way. And there's evidence to prove that. But the same can be said. Brett Favre was too aggressive. And that's probably what hurt his you gotta team. Find a, I agree. You got to find the balance. But you also scared money don't make money. You've got to make you've got to make the right play. And he just yeah. hasn't when he's needed to. You blame it on one reason. I say, you know, it's another. He's just not clutch when you absolutely need him. That's all. All right, so let's flip JT to basketball. Let's talk about some basketball. NBA, a couple weekends ago, All-Star Weekend. and oh, so bad. <laughs> great. It was a great game, great ending, but a lot of the talk was regarding the Saturday night uh, events, slam dunk contest. I know growing up, JT, that was the one that we always had to get around the television to watch, but a couple weekends ago, Obi Toppin did win. However, however, talk of the town is, was this one of the worst slam dunk contests ever? What do you say? Oh, absolutely. And I knew it was going to be terrible when I saw Cole Anthony put on Timberlands and it took him like 20 minutes to do it. I was like, this is going to be a shit show. But I'll take it a step even further. So um, long story short, I'll give you a, a backstory on the dunk contest in our house. So whenever, uh, I don't know when, was it like four or five years ago, where Zach Levine and um, Aaron Gordon had like that epic dunk contest. And funny thing is, I think that was the first dunk, co- dunk contest my wife ever watched. And she was just like, like everybody was watching. She was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like they're using hoverboards, they're using props. So like every year she's been watching the dunk contest now, expecting it to live up to that. And it's, you know, some have been good and some, and some haven't. 
Do you want to know what she said to me watching this dunk contest? Because she actually stopped what she was doing, came and sat down and watched it with me on the couch. She literally turned and was like, what is this shit? They're literally she's like, <laughs> what is this shit? They're not even using hoverboards and props. Like, they're being lazy. Like, they need to get it together. Like, this is somebody who doesn't even watch basketball commenting on how bad this dunk contest is. And I'm just going to go with that. Like, what is this shit? Like, it was just laziness. Like, it had no no creativity. It was just, like, I would have rather just seen bums off the street. Like, nobody just do the dunk contest. This was bad. Like, they should cancel it after this. Like, I don't even want to watch it for the next four years. Yeah, to be honest, JT, I didn't even watch it. And so I'm going to say it is the worst ever because this is one of the few times I've ever seen it actually make, like, national media those shows, you know, like on ESPN where they're talking about it is the worst ever. So oh, for people bad. for people to be talking about it, it's got to be. And I saw the highlights. I saw so more misses than I saw made dunks. So we spent I feel like we spent an hour watching Jalen Green try to do the same dunk and missing it. Right. Right. So so, so I'm going to say it's the worst just because. I saw more misses in because highlights. Nicole said it was the worst. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Enough said. But Nicole said it was the worst. Flip side of it, JT. So, how would you go about fixing it if it's gotten to this almost basically a low point, right? Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like the dunk contest is suffering because guys that would actually make it exciting from a talent and like a name recognition standpoint. Just don't want to do it. I blame LeBron. He started this. But so you get these second rate guys that are obviously second rate guys for a reason. So I think what they should do is. But some are really good, though. I mean, Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, those guys can jump out of the I'm not talking about those guys. Like, like they're obviously good dunkers. Like, we knew that before they got in the contest. Like, Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon always had hops. But, like, the guy from Golden State, I didn't even know he was a dunker. I just thought he was a guy out there, you know shooting threes you know what i mean cole anthony i watched the magic games but i mean i wouldn't put him in a dunk contest like jalen green he's young maybe like like there's just no star power so i feel like guys just don't want to do that maybe they don't want to get hurt maybe they don't want to lose it whatever it is i think what they should do is since that's the most popular event what they should do is incentivize the nba players to win and i think what they should do is they should add a unique twist you, you should do is you should have a tournament before the all-star game where it's included, like just like professional dunkers, YouTube guys, like who are really good dunkers. And what you do is the top three people from that tournament, they get to compete against like three or four of the NBA guys. And if the amateurs win the dunk contest, what they do is they get a year contract to the G league team of their choice. And of course, if the NBA guys win, they get some sort of monetary, like, you know, prize or incentive. That, I think, would fix it because, one, you got your pride on the line because you want to win the money, but also, two, you don't want to lose to a guy that's not in the NBA. So, JT, though, don't you think – I love that idea, actually. That, that way to think outside the box. I really like it. My concern would be, is it still going to be the issue we have now, though, where – why would LeBron James go against some YouTube, the professor, some YouTube sensation? Because if he loses, that's just another mark on his resume that this I, guy's not the greatest. Dwayne Wade's not the greatest. Kobe's not the greatest. 
Like, what if they happen to lose? And you got to remember, a lot of this is subjective voting in terms yeah. of the judges. I mean, but but most, but most, I mean, other than Dwayne Wade <laughs> pulling that that stunt, like most of the time, the best person does win. Like maybe in, in the but contest, you you've got some guys that are out there on the streets that. They're trying all these dunks. They have no fear of messing up because they've got nothing to lose. I, I, I agree with your initial concern, but I'll say this. First of all, guys like LeBron James, they're at that level. They'll just never do the dunk contest. And the thing is, we don't need an elite superstar at that level to do it. We just need guys that can actually dunk. So, you know, like you get young guys or you get like those second tier stars that we know are just good dunkers. Like it doesn't matter. Like we just need to know the dunkers are good. And I feel like, those guys entering the contest, like a Zach Levine before before he got to the Bulls, like guys like that, you know, they're going to want to take it to these YouTube guys, because if I'm a competitor and this guy comes off the street and he's doing these crazy ass dunks and hopping the crowd off, I'm just going to up my game and I want to win the money. So, yeah, but you could lose your your job, too. You could lose your job, too. If this guy comes in and shows you up, you're going to lose your job because of a slam dunk contest. Those guys, I mean, you won't lose your job. I mean, you there's still other things to know. be in the NBA player know. than dunking. I'll tell you how you fix it. Two things. All right, one, tell us, professor. One, I, I really like your idea. I'm just poking holes because that's what we do, right? I, I really like that idea. I think that'll definitely get the fans into it. Um, one, and we've you you hit you hit upon this, and I mentioned this with how to get college players to play in bowl games. All about the money, JT. Money in the sports world, almost solves and fixes everything. You know how you do it? Whatever sponsorship is of Saturday night, TNT, uh, Skills Challenge, blah, 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 you pony up, you put on the line $3 million, $5 million, and that'll get, maybe that doesn't get LeBron James right away, but that is going to get all the other guys right below LeBron and Kevin Durant. Hey, the young, the, the young guys that aren't quite the max players yet, but they are crazy athletic. Right. Like, I want in. I want in. The other thing they could do, JT, is why don't you have it every two or three years? Because now all of the dunks have not been used. And early in his career, a guy like LeBron James might be like, you know what? I'm three years in. They haven't had one since I've been in the league. You know what? No one's seen any of these dunks yet. I'm coming like out with move. my own. I I, I, I kind of like where you're going, but I feel like we got to stop using LeBron because, like, him JT, not doing the dunk contest but, is, like, on a totally different level. No, like, it's not. There's, yes, it is, because, like, LeBron LeBron probably has, like, all these stipulations from, like, no, you know, no. sponsors and things. Like, no. his, Im- his image is, no. what, like, you won't see that again. So, like, so, like, take out LeBron, like. John Morant should be in the dunk contest if he's healthy. Like, guys like that should be in there. But that's what we want to see, right? But you want to see LeBron because you go back to Dr. J. You go back to Dominique, MJ, Kobe. I mean, all those guys were in it, JT. And that's what made... None of those guys guys had as much to lose as LeBron. And they didn't... How did LeBron have... much to lose as LeBron? You know how much, in terms of his career, I respect him because all of the pressure he had to go through. But in 03, 04, 05, what sort of pressure was there? It was not his league. He wasn't even yet maybe a top five. I understand, but it wasn't his league yet. It was still Kobe Bryant and some of those other guys, a Tim Duncan. He could have participated in that. The thing moving forward is how do you get guys that are number one overall picks to compete in these? You have it only so often, and you throw millions of dollars at them.
All right. So I guess we both agree. Money is the key. <laughs> yes. All right, cool. All right, so sticking in the NBA, mentioned Kevin Durant. His Brooklyn Nets traded James Harden to the 76ers for a couple guys and I believe a 2027 first-round draft pick, but most importantly for Ben Simmons. So, JT, in your opinion, who is most more likely to win a title after the trade, the Nets or the 76ers? Well, it's the 76ers for obvious reasons. One, like we might not even get to see this full Nets team that they traded for on the court at all, you know, between Kyrie, Ben Simmons not being ready. KD's not even back yet. Like they already announced him out for the back-to-back this week. So like it's got to be the 76ers because they're healthy, they're rolling. Like I know it's only a few games, but Harden and Embiid ceiling is higher than anything that we could have imagined. I mean, like those two are on the same page and it's scary. I mean, I've, I've never seen anything that good that fast. Like, it's crazy. And then you throw in, you know, Maxi. Like, he seems to fit well with them, too. And then I know Tobias, your boy, I know you you don't think he's good this year. You won't make any trades for oh, him. You think any he's, trade he's involved in is bad. But he's, he's really the, good. He's the fourth option. But, but, see, he's really good. But that's the problem now. What, what is his role? See, I we fall like, in love like with the superstars. I feel like he has but to figure he is it out the glue. Because I, I don't think this he's is the about key. the three. I don't think this is about the other three players. I think he's just legitimately in a down year and he has to figure it out. But I he's but let's well. say he's let's well. say he figures it out to like 85, 90%. I still like them better because they can always have at least two of those four guys on the court the whole game. And like that's a big advantage. So I definitely think that they are more likely to win a title than can't play. On the road, can't play at home, Kyrie. Can't play in Canada, Kyrie. Old, hurt KD. Um, Andre Drummond, who's old. Ben Simmons, who still can't shoot. So I'm going with the guys that's making it happen right now in the 76ers. I'm going to go with the Nets. It's an accumulation of things. They may be hurt right now, but Simmons is going to come back this year. Just in time for the playoffs. KD, this is is when you want him to be injured. So that he ramps up for the playoffs and is healthy for the playoffs. <laughs> well, I get hurt so, now, so you know hurt later. So they're getting healthy, and they're about to. Kyrie has a good chance. Not it's not 100 guaranteed, but there's a good chance with the mandate being lifted in New York City or in New York um, coming up in mid March here that he's going to be able to play home games. But you know, so, no, look, 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 I'm, I don't want to well, go off on there's a tangent. A, there's a couple other. Th- there's a no, couple I'll other things a on that, but I feel like that's like the thing that people are propping up. It's like, oh, you know, Kyrie, they're going to lift the mandate. It's kind of it's kind of misleading because from what I've read, they might lift the mandate, but they're still leaving like like the private sector part up to those correct like, individual places. Correct. So like, it's still iffy with him. It's it's not like okay, once he does that, he's going to clear that hurdle. But that's correct. But JT, at this point. Visiting players, I, I'm not defending Kyrie. Yeah, the rule, the rule is visiting, up. Like, it makes visiting players, no sense. unvaccinated visiting players can come in and play, but Kyrie can't. If you're the next, you're like, you know what, private sector, why are we doing this to ourselves if, if New York is opening it up? Right? I agree. So, so I think he's gonna, they're gonna figure out a way for you him think to he's play. gonna be a full time player. Yes, by so, next month. So, you've, you've got Kate, at least for the playoffs. You've got KD coming back. Kyrie Simmons gives you defense. And this is the other thing. I know you what you just said about Drummond, but I know you don't believe it because he's on your fantasy team. That, oh, he's <laughs> oh he's not any good fantasy anymore. Fantasy is not he's, reality he, sometimes. He's not good any longer. No, that's he not is, what I said. I said he's he is going, He is going to give him minutes at the center spot to at least 
give some opposition to Embiid. And you got to remember now, who do the Sixers have to give Embiid a breather? If he gets in foul trouble, They're they don't have DeAndre they, Jordan. I saw that today. They don't have Andre Drummond coming anymore. So I think with this trade, Drummond going, Simmons going, Simmons brings defense. You got to remember, JT, the Nets, they were not going to win a title with Harden because he didn't want to be there any longer. He wasn't, he was clubhouse poison. He was poison in the locker room. I, I, I just don't think yes, he was a good he fit. Gave I don't up. think he was a good fit. He, he gave up. And there you go. And he was not a good fit. Simmons will be a better fit because he'll play defense. Durant, Kyrie can still do their thing, get their shots. I think the Nets are in a better position come playoff time than the 76ers. 76ers look better right now, but that's going to be obvious why. That's that's an obvious. So come playoff time, though, I've got the Nets. Well, one thing I will say, and I will move on, the one thing that worries me about the Nets is I do like Drummond, and I don't want people to think I think he sucks. Like, I think he's I, – I agree with what you said. I think he's a solid centerpiece. He he will give them a bigger body when they do play, you know, guys like Embiid or Giannis or, like, you know, the the, the Raptors got really – got a uh, – What's the word I'm looking for? Plethora. They have a combination of They have centers. a plethora. A plethora. There we go. Thank you. Same thing with the Heat. We have, we have a yeah, game bam. of big guys that can bam. play. Bam. Yep. But here's the thing I worry about. Ben Simmons and him on the court cannot be good. And I don't think it's going to happen very often. Like, you want to play Ben Simmons because you traded for him. Like, can you imagine Can you imagine the playoff game if Ben Simmons and Andre Drummond are on the court together for the majority of the game? Like, that's bad. You got two dudes who can't shoot. Can't get their own shot, and they're terrible free throw but, shooters. Like it's J- not going to work. JT, the way I would look at it is, we're going to be so good, we're going to have a six to eight point lead in the last two or three minutes. That's why you have Patty Mills. The guy shoots well over eighty percent free. Th- you might shake your head, but that's how championship teams are built. We literally, you literally expecting me to just think that okay, like KD and and Kyrie are going to make everything okay. It was supposed to be that way with Harden, and it didn't happen for whatever reason. So ah, I'm not. Thank you. I'm, I'm That's not, the I'm, piece. But, but I'm. I'm. I'm He's not, the reason. All on Harden. I'm not confident in. I'm not confident in Kyrie and KD just being enough to get it done. I'm not. I'm not. It, so it's Simmons maybe they'll at, prove me wrong. It's Next Simmons question. as well. It's Simmons as well. So we've been yeah, talking about teams: 76ers, Nets. Who do you have right now as the best team in the NBA? Funny thing is. CP3 getting hurt kind of messes this answer up. So, yep. I mean, the Suns are Suns are in the conversation. Like, there's no doubt about it. But I have a feeling we're going to have the same answer. And now with CP3 being hurt, it's not even close. It's the Miami Heat. Like, my Heat are the best team in the, in the league. And you just look at what they're doing. Number one team in the East. And they, don't, they haven't even been healthy all year. Like, Jimmy Butler's always banged up. Bam missed how many games you can tell me because he's on your fantasy team. Kyle Lowry misses every other game with personal reasons. Like this team is always banged up, but yet we're still number one in the East. East is way more dominant and close, closer than the West this year. And we're doing all of this because we have the best coach in the NBA. And it's not even close right now. So I'm going with them as the best team in the league. It's the Miami Heat. Are you saying that I, I love Spo and I don't think he gets enough credit for what he, he did during the, during the title runs and even now? But I, I, you think, I don't he's think he's better than Pop Popovich though. Popovich still in the league, bro. I, he, I mean, all time no, because obviously Pop has the the hardware, but it's close because you look at 
what Miami has done with like the development of players. Like if you look at this roster, like just the names on the sheet, like it's really not that good. Like Kyle Lowry. Yeah. He's older. Bam. I like him, but like, is he really a superstar? Jimmy Butler, like he's older. Tyler Hero, like we liked him when the Heat drafted him, but nobody thought he was going to be this good. And you look at the how the guys have played when those stars get injured. You love him, uh, Yurtsevin. Like he looks like a stud to me. Like we got second and third stringers that I think could be starters. And like Spo has continuously done that throughout his time as a coach with the Heat. Like we always pull guys out of nowhere, develop them, and they look good. And also, too, he knows how to handle star personalities. And like that combination, I don't think many coaches have in the league, and that's why I think he's the best. Like, the, I don't know if Pop is, is good with star personalities. I think it is – I have the heat written down, and I'll add another wrinkle to it is their defense. You got Bam in the middle. Forget oh, about how, 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 good, how good Jimmy Butler is defensively. He brings that swagger. He brings that intimidation factor. They kind of have it all. If I may throw another team in there, since we both agree on the Heat, don't sleep, JT, on the Warriors, all right? Oh, I'm not. They're, they, they're right up there. They've got, technically, they've got the second best record. They have a better record than the Heat. The Heat are 40 and 21. The Suns are 49 and 12. But we both agree, without CP3, they're not the best team in the league right now today. The Warriors, though, 43 and 18. They have a better record than the Heat. And you look at how they've done it, Steph Curry being Steph. They've got guys like Moody in the starting lineup and winning. Then they have those role players, Andrew Wiggins. They're now bringing, bringing, you know, Poole off the bench, Jonathan Kaminga off the bench, a young rookie. And don't forget, they don't even have Clay back full time yet. And might never be full time again. And Draymond is coming back. I mean, they're winning all of these games, and you can say, "Oh, well, well, this or that." Like, no, they're in the West. What is they play? They play teams. In, well, you could say, "Oh, the West isn't as strong because of the Lakers." And no, you know, I think the I, but, I don't think the West. I don't think that it's not that the West is strong. I think that the West is just more top heavy than the East is. I think the East is like there's a lot of teams that are really equal to each other. Right, but what I'm saying is, at the end of the day. The Warriors are winning in the same league as the Heat, and there are strong, really strong teams in the West as well as great players, but the Warriors just keep chugging along, flying under the radar, and they kind of have a little bit of everything. And they got your boy Looney, big guy. You talk about big guys that can play defense. That's his specialty. So look out for the Warriors too. But I will agree right now today, the Heat got to be the best team. I mean, they're, they're hot. They've won eight out of the last ten. So I'll tell you one team that's I'll tell you two teams that are not the best teams, the Magic and the Pacers. Oh, this is whoa, the worst whoa, basketball whoa, I've whoa. ever watched. Whoa, <laughs> Jesus. Whoa. Magic, Magic have a plan, I hope. All right. So we talked about the best team in the NBA right now. Who's the best NBA player right now? This is so tough because there's actually like 10 guys you can put in this category right now, in my opinion. And I feel like some guys are getting the spotlight, like, you know, you can say, you know, Embiid or some of these people. But it's funny, the guy that should be at the top is doing exactly what he did last year and, like, nobody's talking about it. And I feel like he's more valuable this year than he was last year. And I, It's your boy, Jokic. I mean, 24, 14, and 8, 
the Nuggets are tied for what fifth in the West and they're two games back of the fourth spot. Like he's carrying them basically with the same numbers he had last year. And there's no Michael Porter Jr. And there's no Jamal Murray. Like it's just him out there carrying Aaron Gordon and what's his name? Uh, Will Barton. Will Barton. Yeah. Carrying Barton, Faku, Bones Highland. Like, like who the hell are these dudes? Like he's carrying like, like nobody's like it's a JV squad and they legit could be a top four team in the West. And I don't understand, like he should be top of the MVP voting in my opinion. And like, he should be considered the best player in the game because he's winning games with zero help. Like there's no, there's no big three there. And I mean, if you're not agreeing with me, like I don't, I'll, I'll fight you all day on this. Well, I'm going to go with your guy. You picked my guy. I'm going to pick your guy. It's Joel Embiid. JT, he's averaging more points than Jokic, 29.6 heading into the All-Star break, over 11 rebounds a game, and four and a half assists a game going into the All-Star break. But this is why he is MVP. With everything and all the turmoil going on with Ben Simmons, you talk about losing Jamal Murray, well, you lost Ben Simmons. Like, All of that, all of the controversy, playing in the East, because you got to remember the West certainly is not as strong. I know I said that's not an excuse for not giving the Warriors their credit, but let's face it, the Lakers and LeBron aren't the same, right? KD's out of the Warriors. He's out of been out of Golden State. Like you've got the East. So your so so your whole point is because the the East is stronger. And this is not the West of old, which I, which we I think we pretty much agree on that. That Embiid's playing in the harder conference. They they both have amazing numbers, so the edge goes to him. But but not just that. Like I said, the whole turmoil thing. When someone you know, there's less pressure on Jokic in my opinion because it's like, well, all of these injuries, we don't expect much. You want MVP? Don't worry about it. Guys play much better when it's like that. Joel Embiid after after that night of the comments of Ben Simmons. And then him, Ben Simmons, sitting out, and now the trade, there's so much pressure on Joel because it used to be Ben's team and Joel's. Guess what? This franchise is all on Joel Embiid's back. And he plays in Philly. Like, they're relentless. If he didn't come out with an MVP-type season, they'd be chanting Ben Simmons' name every night they lost, and every night Embiid played terrible. But you know what he did? He stepped up his game like an MVP. And that's why he's the MVP. No offense to Jokic. It's Joel Joel Embiid. Joel MVP. Can we say it that way? You like that? No, we can't. No? Man, you never like my stuff. Anyway, I've mentioned the Lakers and LeBron a couple times here during our basketball talk. Funny. I'll, give you, I'll give you credit. That was funny. So, the Lakers struggles, JT. I mean, it's been chronicled right now. You know, they are, while they're technically in the playoffs, I mean, they're sitting in the nine seed, three and a half back of the Clippers, two and a half in front of the Pelicans. So it looks like they may have to face the Clippers here to get in with the play-in. Which is a bad matchup for them. At 27 and 33, they're six games under 500. Who or what do you put? In terms of their struggles, who do you put the blame on? So who should shoulder most of the blame? I feel like everybody just wants to say it's Russell Westbrook because I feel like that's low-hanging fruit. But the thing is, 
nobody really expected Russell Westbrook to be like OKC Westbrook, where he was just like, all right, cool. Like that dude's just going off every night. The obvious answer is also the most unpopular answer. And I don't understand why people like, why are people afraid to just say like, look, this guy didn't live up to his end of the bargain. It's Anthony Davis. And whether it's injuries or declining play, like he has not matched the hype since leaving New Orleans. And that's plain and simple why the Lakers have struggled. And I feel like LeBron expected AD to be Batman 1A and LeBron could take a step back at this point of the career and they could be fine. And it hasn't happened. Like AD, I don't know if he got comfortable with them winning a championship and he got that monkey off his back, but he just doesn't seem when he's, when he's not hurt, he just doesn't seem to still want it. And that's the biggest reason why they're not winning. They don't, they don't have this guy that they were relying on to be an X factor. Like he's not there and he's not doing what he's supposed to. I, I totally agree. It, it is Anthony Davis, whether it's injuries or just not putting the team on his back, it, it falls on him in terms of who's going to take the most blame because JT, they traded away really good players. I believe they waited for him. Brandon like waited for AD. Yeah, Brandon Ingram, who's played pretty well with New Orleans. They traded looking like an all-star Lonzo ball and you traded draft picks. Am I, am I correct? I think yeah. I'm right. So when, when LeBron James says during all-star Saturday or all-star weekend that Sam Presti, you know, he's one of the best GMs. He's a genius. His, his eye for talent. Well, guess what? Sam Presti gets a lot of first round picks to be able to, to find and develop that talent. Guess what you guys did? You traded. Rob Palenka had to trade those away to make you happy and it was to bring in Anthony Davis. So, but to be LeBron, honest, if you have any issue, go talk to your guy, Anthony Davis, that exactly. you've got to step up because we don't have any picks because I wanted to bring you in. But the thing is, I, I agree 100% with what you're saying, but I feel like we're playing a little bit of Monday morning quarterback on, like, the, no, 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 the no, draft no. capital no, and the but, players. But, that but JT, because the if, question if is, no, no, no. The question is. If you think you're getting a prime AD, you make that move. But that's my whole point. It's not on Rob Palinka. It's on AD. Oh, yeah, for sure it's on AD. But that's that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm trying to explain my point is, you know, Rob Palinka tried to do everything he can. He could. And he, brought in, he brought in Schroeder. He brought in Harrell at one point. Like, he's got Horton Tucker who they're developing. And it's like the reason why LeBron's saying that about Presti, I don't know if that's a jab at Palinka, but LeBron, you got to look at Anthony Davis. It's on Anthony Davis that you don't want to. He doesn't want to blame his boy. Exactly. But to be honest with you, but you and I will, JT. Nobody wants to blame AD, and I don't know why. Like, what has AD done to be shielded? I guess he has a title now, right? He's got a title. Maybe maybe they felt so bad that he was stuck in New Orleans for so long. I don't know. But maybe because he came in and got a title, he does have an NBA title now. So you know. All right, so JT, we're going to go back to the new segment that JT created because he loves IG. Nah, he's right? saying I created it because we still don't have a name for it yet. Once well, we've it got a name. We've got it. a name. It's what is it? hot or not. Hot okay, so, or not. So hot means we agree, not means disagree, basically. No, hot means it is a hot take. Like, it's a legit take. Not means it's just yeah, hot, hot garbage. It's yeah, like hot garbage, about. right? All right, cool. Get rid of go it. Ahead. It's, it's not a good take. 
All right, right. Let's see how you do. So, and you said some of these come from comments that you've picked up during some of your posts. They all, so all of these come from we, when we post comment, we post something on IG. Uh, We go back and we look at the comment section because we have a lot of comments on every post and we kind of take the temperature of certain, you know, things that people are consistently and continuously saying to where it's like, oh, you know, maybe this is how people feel. And maybe we didn't know that. So we get the chance to talk about on this show. All right. So first one we'll lead off. Here is the comment. Trey Lance is not ready to be a starter. So this is not <laughs> only because, I mean, what did you expect from him? I mean, first of all, he didn't come from a major D1 school. And also, too, like he opted out of his last year in college. So it was always going to be a learning curve, like not playing one year quarterback and then jumping into the NFL. And then also, too, like he's in a situation where they have a quarterback in like a lame duck status and the team is trying to win now. So it was always going to take time for him to adjust. And also, too, like the system is complicated. It's Kyle Shanahan. So I think what you saw last year was a guy stepping into a situation where all these factors went into play. He'll have a whole offseason, hopefully this this upcoming offseason, where he's the guy they're going to focus around him, developing and tweaking the offense around him, and you'll see a different guy come preseason. Next episode, I'm going to let you ask the questions, and I go first because you've been stealing all of my notes. Um, this is, or you could just say like, Hey dude, I agree. You know what the hell you're talking about. Nah, nah. Like everything, like everything don't have to go through you. I, like, I can never admit that. Can never admit that. Is Chris Paul. Like the offense don't have to go through you. Yeah, like, yes, I am. Got I've got to be Chris Paul. You know, I can't afford to get injured. So it, it is not, it's, it's not a take. Um, I think you mentioned it at the end there. He's going to have a whole off season JT to learn that offense. And with that, with, mini camp, training camp, preseason games, he should be getting all of the number one reps. And now you've got Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, guys that will get more comfortable with him. And I think he'll be, he'll be ready to start. I mean, I, I, I think he'll be ready to go. And, uh, and, and we, I know people just like kind of brush off like, oh, like getting the number one reps, like that matters. Like look at Justin Fields, like they mess with him. Look how long it took him to get going. Same thing with Trevor Lawrence. Like, they messed around with his number one reps in camp. Look how long it took him to get going. Yep. Second comment here, Tyler Hunt Huntley, quarterback of the Ravens, is just as good as Lamar Jackson, and the Ravens should not extend Lamar. So this was actually – this goes as the most surprising, like, take of the week because this is absolute shit. Like, I don't understand this at all. Like, so is it hot or not? You got to answer it. Is it is not. Quick. I mean, okay. I mean, what's, okay. what's cold? This shit is dead. <laughs> no pulse. Like, I, I don't, I don't get this at all. First of all, I feel like the people that are saying this just don't like Lamar and don't think he's a good quarterback. So any quarterback that is playing when he's not there is going to be just as good as him. But I feel like those same people who are saying Huntley is just as good as Lamar obviously didn't watch the Ravens play once Lamar got hurt because last time I checked, Huntley was one in three in his four starts through three touchdowns to four interceptions. So does that sound better than Lamar? No. Also, too, like, we're disrespecting Lamar. And I know I like him, but let's, like, facts is facts. Like, former MVP, and he won that, and he's been winning, what is his record, 37-12 and over his career so far. He's been doing all this winning and carrying this team with, can we say this is the worst, like, offensive supporting cast in the NFL? Like, I dare you. I know Mark Andrews is a stud. 
But go top to bottom on that team of who he has to work with and throwing to. Like, give me a situation that's worse than that. Like, he is doing literally magic with nothing. And let's also talk about the stats. Before his injury, he was on the way to his third straight season of 25-plus passing touchdowns and 1,000 rushing yards. Like, Tyler Huntley doesn't sound anywhere near as good as this guy. And then also, too, about extending him, go ahead, play around. See what happens if you don't extend him. Not just Ravens, but anybody. See what happens if you don't sign them, and he'll go somewhere and blow up and you'll regret it. You know, I respect and I like Tyler Huntley, so this is nothing against him. But oh, yeah, I like him yeah this, this comment is not a take. I mean, you saw what Lamar can do. He's better athletically than Huntley. And even throwing the ball right now, Lamar might not be the best at throwing, but he still is way further along than Tyler Huntley. And no way you're going to put your eggs in one basket with Tyler Huntley and let Lamar walk. If you're Baltimore – that would be crazy. It's not to say Tyler Huntley can't start in relief or yeah, can't. I, th- I, think he's, or I think he's got can, some Tyrod Taylor to him where, like, he could shock you if, if you bring him in to compete as a starter. He wins right. the job. And it doesn't mean he he's not able to start somewhere else. But in terms of this take, in terms of this Baltimore Ravens team, it's not a take. You got to go Lamar Jackson. You've basically built your offense, Right and you took him in the first round, you got to roll with him now. Like, he's your guy. Sorry, the Huntley comment is not a take. All right, next one, JT. Deshaun Watson is not worth any draft capital. So we got to say this is cold, right? If we don't if we don't think, if we think it's dead, right? Right. Well, you could just say not. Not, not a take. Not a take. I'm going to tell you why. He's a top at worst, a top 10 quarterback with top six upside. So this is my rule. If he's not playing for the gridiron gang, he's playing for my team. So he's worth draft capital. The que- I think the reason for this is probably his lawsuits. And again, we went back to what we said earlier, JT, about the slam dunk contest. Money is what his lawsuits are going to come down to because I don't believe there's any criminal charges yet. And yes, he may settle those civil suits and the NFL can suspend them. But if there's no criminal charges pending, you know, the NFL is only going to suspend him so many games. So to say he's not worth any draft capital, that's not a take. Now, if you want to tell me he's not worth three first round picks, then I might start believing you. But that's the price of doing business for good quarterbacks like you like. We're, he's, Wait, hold he's on, that, don't, don't go there. You said you want to keep this, the 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 show short. Keep that for another day because this take says any draft capital. So if we're saying any draft capital wall, I mean, of course that's not a take because as soon as he settles those suits, they're going to suspend him eight games, maybe a season. But you you wouldn't be willing to give up a second and a third round pick. I mean, you're talking about any draft capital. Come on now. I mean, he's probably going to play in the NFL again and it's not to condone what he did by any stretch of oh the no we absolutely don't but, do that but based on this comment and presuming he's going to play again he's worth draft capital as far as a, a football player last one jt matt lafleur your guy is not overrated first of all don't ever call him my guy oh he's your like guy oh, no he's i didn't really like him when they made that he's your guy. you can go back he's and pull guy. the tape so um so I do think he's overrated. So this would be what? Hot. Hot. 
hot. Okay. So totally disagree with this. And for a couple of reasons, one, like in his, like, I, I feel like, so this came from. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. It would be, it would be not because not. if Matt LaFleur is overrated, if that was the comment and you said it's hot, then you would be agreeing that he's overrated. So they're saying he's not overrated. So you're saying it's not, this is, yeah. this is so not. It's not. So, so, so Not this, right. so, so this stemmed from a post that uh, Colin Coward, they hate him, by the way. Um, he basically said that Matt LaFleur was overrated because of, you know, he inherited Aaron Rodgers and a weak division. And like, I kind of agree with that because if you look at the the time that Green Bay, the Green Bay has had him as a coach, I'll get, I'll ask you a question. How many times has the NFC North team finished with a winning record? Besides the Packers? Yeah. I'll say one. Yeah, one. Minnesota, 2019. They won 10 games. And then also, you look at it this way. We just had this whole kind of debate with the AFC East. This is also not as long, like a long time bad play, but well, it's pretty, pretty bad. bad. It's pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad because you also look at this like they might have two of the worst coaching tenures, maybe the past decade, like in that one division. Like Matt Nagy has been a mess. And then also, too, Matt Patricia with the Lions was terrible. Like, those two coaches have been really bad, so you already know you're going to beat them. And then I did not like him before he got this job because I watched his path to get to, to a head coach. 2017, Rams OC. We know he ain't calling the plays. It's McVay. And then you go to 2018, he was the Titans OC. I hated that because that offense was so bad. Like, they were 27th in points, and I think they were, what, 25th in yards. Like, that is the definition of, average play caller and meets a bad division with an all-time great quarterback that equals overrated to me see but you're looking at simply his rise him being oc and then their division right and so i'm gonna say this take is a hot take because i feel like matt lafleur is just getting dissed like oh anyone could walk in there is he elite because that's what the post was about let can i finish my point but the quote is, is he overrated? So it doesn't matter. Like how we're, it depends on how we're looking at him, whether he's overrated. Is he a really good coach? Are we giving him too much credit? Is he being overrated? And what I'm saying is he's not overrated. Like, yeah, he may not be at the level yet of McVeigh or Belichick because they got titles. Is he Mike Tomlin? No, he got a title. But to say that Matt LaFleur is overrated because he has Aaron Rodgers in a weak division what I'm saying is that's a bad take. So this take that he's not overrated is hot because I think it's true. He's not overrated because it seems like everyone just want to, wants to say, yeah, you can walk into that division, walk into that locker room with Aaron Rodgers, automatic 12 wins, number one seed. They've been the number one seed the last two years. And besides a couple of plays here or there, probably could have been in the Super Bowl and who knows wins it. But if you would ask Packer fans, who do you believe in more in terms of year in, year out, how you feel right now with McCarthy or LaFleur? They would say, give me LaFleur. And that is why I don't think he's overrated because, you know, you want to talk about just X's and O's and, oh, his ascent to where he got. I don't like how he did it. But at the end of the day, JT, in that locker room, similar to Joel Embiid, how he was able to rally the troops with all this Aaron Rodgers stuff. Then Rodgers getting COVID, Jordan Love not playing well, but getting the team to be able to focus and get the number one seat, 
are we just going to flush it down the toilet and be like one weak division to Aaron Rodgers? That's disrespectful to him. He was able to bring that team together. And that's really at the NFL level, JT, that's what it's all about. You're going to have X's and O's guys. And he's a good X's and O's guys too. Like this offense looks way better under him than it did the, under Mike McCarthy. Am I right? That's not saying much. But that's my point. Again, you're trying to belittle him and not give him credit. So right there, that is why he is not overrated because people like you never want to give credit when it's due just because you may not like him or you may not like the team he's with or how he got there. At the end of the day, give the guy credit. Okay, okay. And he keeps choking in the playoff game, so it's either him or Rodgers. Can't got to pick one. But again, we're acting like Bill Belichick never choked prior to winning these Super Bowls. He had lost playoff games, one playoff game in Cleveland, because that's all he could get to. <laughs> like, I mean, you got to give the guy credit. He has, has he ever missed the playoffs? Has he, has he ever had to worry about missing the playoffs? It's the but AFC again, East but again, all over again. But again, the pressure of winning, and he's been able to I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do. I'm going to say exactly what you said. It was a bad division. That had nothing to do with the Packers. That's exactly what you just said a week ago. So I'm going with that same argument. But that doesn't mean he's overrated. See, that's the whole point. You can't go back from that. All right, comment. wrap it up, wrap it up. Wrap of it the up. I'm done. I'm, I'm already mad at you anyway from before the show. So are, are we done with this show? We're finally done. We're finally done. We don't got to listen to you anymore with your fluff and in your little tangents. So JT, though, it was a great episode. <laughs> To the listeners out there, thank you as always. We appreciate you. And please make sure to continue to comment on our IG post. JT does a great job. And to the fans and listeners out there, please remember to subscribe to us. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, Leave us a five-star review. Also, please follow us on social media. Our handle, JT and the Don. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So, JT, great job, great episode. And until the next episode, see ya. Peace.